0: We had Aaron Jones, probably congratulations. actually had Aaron Jones in one league and lost. Played against Aaron Jones in one league and won. So you never know. We'll recap the uh, Monday night football game. Packers get right a little bit and the Lions come back down to earth. Adam Azer, Jamie Eisenberg, Dave Richard. Of course, we're here to talk about the waiver wire. Guys, I think it's an interesting week because you have to kind of decide how much you're going to buy into some players with, you know, underwhelming track records who are off to good starts Derek Carr, Sterling Shepard, Cordero Patterson, they come to mind. I'll remind you, I looked at my waiver wire notes for going into week three last year after the first two games. Robbie Anderson was 70% rostered. Corey Davis was 62% rostered. They were two of our priorities, and they broke out. Also, Nikhil Harry and Russell Gage were coming off big games in week two. So <laughs> you don't know which way it's going to go. Um, but Jamie, uh, with uh, as the guy who writes the waiver wire column, what was your overall impression of the waiver wire options this week?
2: It's not great. You know, there's not a lot of great, you know, standout players for guys that I think are new to the the list because we've been saying Sterling Shepard for weeks, clearly, you know, preseason, you know, pick him up. He could be the best Giants wide receiver. And he's proven that through two weeks. Um, uh, JD McKissick, you know, was dropped after a disappointing week one. And now he's all of a sudden looking like, uh, a, a very good option, you know, for for week two. But he's going to be inconsistent most weeks. The you know, the tight end group is terrible, <laughs> you know. So, yeah. it's uh, and and the quarterbacks, while decimated by injuries, thankfully no superstars, you know. So the guys that you're looking at, like you said, Derek Carr, Teddy Bridgewater, Daniel Jones. Uh, I don't think most fantasy leagues have the need to start them in one quarterback leagues. These are more 14 team league type of guys that you may be streaming. So. It's not exactly like like last week we were, you know, in some cases running for Elijah Mitchell with the hope of what he could be. And there's not that type of player, I don't think, unless Shepard is is still available in your leagues. Maybe Ron Delmore.
0: Yeah, you mentioned Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, Bridgewater's another guy I should have included in the track record list. He I I read this yesterday on the show, Uh, if you didn't hear it, this is from the Associated Press. He became the fourth player in NFL history, Teddy Bridgewater, to open a season with consecutive games in which he had two touchdown passes, no interceptions, and he completed 75% of his passes. You mean that's not sustainable? (laughs) Well, look at the company he's in. Drew Brees, Aaron (laughs) Rodgers, and Jeff George back in 1994. Uh, It is a tremendous start to the season for Teddy Bridgewater. It makes you
2: wonder what he could have been if he didn't have that devastating knee injury, not that You know, this two game sample size is an an example of, you know, the heights that he could reach. Uh, One thing that I found fascinating, we had Jonathan Coachman, the coach uh, who's the host of the Early Edge podcast, on with us on on FFT, on HQ, um, each of the last two days, Sunday and Monday. And on Sunday's show, he brought up a fascinating stat for those of you that like to make a wager or two, that Teddy Bridgewater is the best quarterback in NFL history of covering on the road. He's now wow. twenty three and three of covering road games. <laughs> what?
0: How weird! All right, Dave, get in there. What How do you awesome. think about about the way? That's pretty cool. How, what do you think about the waiver wire?
1: Hold on, first I'm checking to see when the Broncos' next road game is <laughs> at Pittsburgh in Week Five. All right, saving my money for that. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Coach. Uh, the waiver wire this week, I I think there's some interesting wide receivers. Jamie talked about Shepard. I think he's the he's the gem of the bunch. I think Rondell Moore is legit. I, I really love the fit in this offense. I don't think he's going to get a lot of seventy-seven-yard touchdown catches, but I mean, wide open, he's one. got, he's got that, he's got that catch and run ability, and he he's really good at getting open. Perfect fit for that offense. I think there are some interesting tight ends too. I, it's it's going to make your skin crawl to hear Evan Engram as a, as a potential guy to pick up off the waiver wire. But I love the matchup against Atlanta this week. It looks like he's trending in the right direction to play. And uh, listen, if I'm streaming tight ends, that's somebody who I'm going to keep in mind when I'm looking at that position. And then running back, speaking of skin crawl, there's Cordero Patterson, who, he, <laughs> look, he, he just had two touchdowns. But there's a chance that his role increases because Mike Davis really isn't getting the job done. Um, He had a couple of nice runs in week one, a couple of nice plays in week two. Maybe the Falcons just keep on utilizing him, and he's certainly going to catch some passes. So, if you're if you're hurting at running back and you're not ready to quite buy into McKissick, certainly in a half or a non PPR league, ugh, maybe Cordero Patterson. Maybe there's also some good stash guys this week that we'll talk about later on.
0: Yeah. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to give our top three priorities or three ish. Right now we're going to talk about Fab. At some point we'll give our top three at each position. We'll recap Monday Night Football and then we'll go deeper. in, you know about 45 minutes into the show we'll go deeper into the waiver wire uh, and also tell you who to drop. So, also, I want to tell everybody, I'm getting a lot of emails, a lot of tweets, I'm 0-2, what should I do, look at your team, if you believe in it still, then don't panic, okay, if you have Justin Herbert, I know a lot of people have Justin Herbert, they're 0-2, he has been very unlucky, he's playing pretty well, mm-hmm. he left a lot of points off the board, interceptions in or near the end zone, those types of things, so he's a guy that I think you just don't panic, uh, it, it's, you got an extra game this, this year. Okay. So there's a pick the good year to go. into don't freak out and don't sell low on your players and use your IR spots. Some guys are going to go on IR. Not going to happen tonight, but you know, maybe you want to pick up Tyrod Taylor. He's been really good. I, I don't know. He's a free, if you have an IR spot, it's a free ad. Once he goes on IR,
2: Michael hasty, be the first one I'd look for. If he goes on IR
0: and Jeff Wilson, is still only 6% rostered. So, right. so pop IR, whatever it might be, use your IR spots uh, to your advantage. All right, Jamie, give me the top three waiver-wire priorities. And we haven't even talked about Alexander Madison. I don't know if he would be one for you. We haven't seen anything on Dalvin Cook, who got hurt twice in that game, including
2: once late. But who are your top priorities? The first two are easy. It's Sterling Shepard and Rondell Moore. Um, You know, you just look at what, again, Shepard has done and what Moore did last week. um, Is, uh, you know, on top of the of the big play, the nice thing about more, what you like to see from rookies is his snap count increased from week one to week two, you know, so that's something that clearly is showing that they're trusting him to be on the field a little bit more. Uh, but those two guys are, are easily the top two for me. And then number three, I think would still be JD McKissick in PPR. Uh, as Dave said, if, you know, if you want to go quarter Patterson and non or half PPR, I, I, I get that. It just feels like that was a fluky game. Whereas at least McKissick, you have a year of seeing what he can do in this offense uh, as a pass catching back. So I'll take McKissick as the third guy.
0: Okay, so that's Shepard, Rondell Moore, and McKissick. Shepard 54% rostered. Rondell Moore 44% rostered. And McKissick 58. You know, Last week, Jamie, uh, you you said, well, Naeem Hines, he's a priority. He's about 70% rostered, but that's probably every PPR league. But McKissick was probably dropped in some of those leagues. He was. You legitimately can go get him.
2: Two of my PPR leagues for sure. He was dropped and uh, dropped smartly uh, before the Thursday night game so nobody could pick him up so you know we'll see in those formats what the rush is to add him but you just have to understand with both the top two running backs in terms of McKissick and, and Patterson and, and like Dave said there's going to be some other guys we'll mention but those I think are going to be the two in terms of the ones that are available you know now now you extend the number of what we typically talk about so James White non-PPR I think is worth adding still uh, or half PPR for sure you know he's at the uh, above the threshold of what we talk about so you know like I I I, I see the early waiver columns that come out, you know, like Chris, I, I keep mentioning this, you know, Chris does a great job. Chris towers does a great job Sunday night doing this. And, and a lot of other sites do this to get ahead of, you know, the, the, the waiver columns that come out on Tuesday. Um, but, uh, white is not available for us, but if he's available, he's easily the the top running back to get in the same vein, Adam, like you're talking about of, you know, PPR versus non PPR in terms of where these guys are rostered. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I just think for Patterson and McKissick, it's, uh, it's, Not consistent. They're not going to get consistent production from those two guys. All
1: right, Dave. In that same vein, just running backs that might be available, like on a miracle, like they're available in less than 30% of leagues. Not only is James Wyatt out there in 23% of leagues, Tony Pollard, 29% of leagues. And he looked, low-key, he looked better than Zeke. So I wonder if there's a chance that he could start eating into Zeke's work a little bit more. And certainly be used in the passing game. He looked fine. Sony Michelle is out there in 29% of leagues. We know that there's a rib injury for Daryl Henderson. Maybe that opens the door for Michelle to uh, be the lead back against Tampa Bay in Week Three. You'd have to be desperate to use him. Uh, if you're asking me who my top three are off the waiver wire this week, I'm bypassing all the running backs. I don't want anything to do with them. Give me Shepard. Give me Rondell Moore. Give me Michael Pittman. Pittman barely makes the cut. He's he's available in only 34% of leagues. So, you said you don't want to have anything to do with who? Sorry. The, I would prefer not to need a running back this week okay, off okay. the waiver wire. Yeah. I think it's going to be bad if you're reaching for McKissick or spending your fab on him or Patterson. And I guess we can't forget about Madison because it does sound like there's a quote little ankle sprain for Dalvin Cook. Just a little ankle sprain. I, well, I don't listen, know what that man, really means. Listen. Dalvin Cook, last
0: year, faked us out, like, three times. Okay, Uh this is what he... It's like a a
1: once-a-week thing.
0: 17-game season, he's going to be among the leaders in touches. I don't see how you could keep Alexander Madison on your waiver wire. You know, it's just... Especially if you've got Dalvin Cook in your lineup. Yes, you've got to have Madison. All right, so Shepard... I want to ask you guys about Shepard. All right, so far this year, seven catches, 113 yards, and a touchdown against Denver. Nine catches, 94 yards on 10 targets at Washington... Now it's four straight games going back to week 16 and 17 of 2020. Four straight games with nine or more targets. He's caught 80.5% of his targets in that stretch. He's averaged 12 yards per target. So his 16-game pace, uh, based on those four games, is 132 catches, 1,584 yards, and 12 touchdowns. I don't know what to make of this. You got Galladay. Kadarius Tony's obviously not a factor. Evan Ingram hasn't played, and I do think that's a pretty big deal. Uh, But, and, and, you know, and I, I wouldn't think he'd have a lot of touchdowns because Daniel Jones doesn't throw them. But he's 40, 54% rostered. Would you drop Brandon Ayuk for Sterling Shepard?
2: Yes. Yep.
0: Would you rather have Chase Claypool or Sterling Shepard rest of season? I'm not saying drop Claypool, but would you rather have Claypool or Shepard?
1: Shepard and Peep. Shepard and Peep. Wow. Yeah. So, there you go. Gallaudet- Unless, hold on, hold on. If Deontay Johnson, it sounds like he escaped serious injury. Yeah, on the last play of the game in week two, if Johnson were for some reason out for the year, I'd say Claypool in all formats.
0: Oh man, okay. How about you're going Galladay? You're going Shepherd over Galladay? Yeah,
2: Definitely there's going to be a squeaky wheel game though against the Falcons, so just keep that in mind with Galladay this mm-hmm. week. You know, after screaming at Jason Garrett or, or Daniel Jones, whoever he was yelling out in the sideline, plus the matchup. You know, this is just an easy week to get Galladay going. So you know, just. Don't be surprised if Galladay has a better game than Shepard just because of, you know, touchdown potential and, and downfield opportunities. But uh Shepard, I think, is still gonna be the best Giants receiver rest of the way.
0: Okay. I, I think I might make some I don't have Sterling Shepard, but I, I might make some trade
2: offers if people are really buying in this much. Should I should we really be buying in this much? I mean, it's 19 targets in two games. It's a quarterback that's behind a shaky offensive line that's gonna, you know, look for guys that are closer to the line of scrimmage as opposed to down the field. He has no rapport with Galladay yet. And, you know, I'll, I'll go back to what I said about the Titans that, you know, all the missed time for those guys, you know, you, you saw the the certainly better connection between Tannehill and Julio Jones in week two that I think you're going to start to see that happen with Kenny Galladay. And again, this is the week for it to, to come. Then why is it? So
0: then that's exactly my point. You know, that's but why I don't
2: think Shepard's going away. No. I don't think he's going to, I don't think he's going from 19 targets to three, you know, no, or, or, no. or nine targets to three. You know, that he's had nine targets each of the last two games. But I don't think he's, I, I think, nine to six. You know, he's going to be, I, I think, a, a lot of six for 70. You know, those type of, of games
1: on a bad week. Oh, all right. Uh, right. He still has that PPR floor of yeah. like 10 to 12, 13 points. I don't think that's ever going to go away. Just look at his game log from last year. He had a ton of games with oh yeah four, five, six plus catches.
0: Five catches every game that Daniel that he and Daniel Jones were healthy. Five or more. Um, hey, we got a YouTube Q and A tonight, Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Join us there, YouTube.com/slash Fantasy Football Today. Also Thursday at 2 p.m. and Sunday at 11:30 a.m. all Eastern. Uh, and then Sunday at about 8 or 8:15 8 p.m. we have the recap podcast that we do live. So join us at YouTube.com/slash Fantasy Football Today. Tuesday night at 8, Thursday at 2, Sunday morning at 11:30. Those are all Q and As. We read a lot of your questions, and then 8:15 we do the podcast. 8, 8, 15, something like that, Eastern time. How much fab are we talking for your favorites this week?
2: Oh, it's not, not much. A lot. You know, uh, Shepherd are available as you know, fifteen percent guy. I think in PPR, less than that in non PPR. Um, but that's that's about it. You know, I, I just can't see a situation unless we find out come Tuesday evening that Dalvin Cook's going to miss time. Then Alexander Madison will be, you know, a twenty plus percent guy, if not more, depending on the the news. But I'm not anticipating that, so I wouldn't think it's anything of significance like we saw last week, where people were just going. Crazy for Elijah Mitchell.
0: If Justin Fields or Kirk Cousins are on your waiver wire, are they the top priorities this week?
1: If I needed a quarterback, if I had Ryan Tannehill at quarterback and I wanted to make a change, going to Cousins is a pretty good move at this point.
0: Uh, What about, but you'd prioritize Cousins over Fields?
2: I would. Um, I would take Cousins over Fields in six points for passing touchdowns and four points, I might go Fields.
0: Okay. And Fields, we don't know the extent of Dalton's injury, but Fields is going to get his opportunity. Uh, all right. We got some, some news and notes to get to, and we'll give you some more names at each position. We're going to take a quick break here on Fantasy Football today. When we come back, Red Zone Robbie G. Who's that? You can probably figure that out. We'll, we'll tell you in a minute. We'll be right back.
2: At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com dot com today.
0: Yes, the Mannings were back last night, and Rob Gronkowski joined them for a very fun interview. And Red Zone Robbie G—that's what he—that's the nickname he gave himself, uh, and it makes a lot of sense. He's been crushing it in the red zone. Do you guys watch? Uh, what what did, what percentage of the time were you on the Manning broadcast?
2: A hundred percent. Really?
1: There is no chance I would watch the other broadcast ever again. <laughs> I made a big mistake. I, uh, I DVR'd the main broadcast and I realized in the second quarter that uh, <laughs> the Mannings were on and I wanted to watch that, but somebody else was recording a show on my DVR and I couldn't flip to a third channel. Oh, So I was stuck with the main broadcast.
0: I, I, I don't hate the main broadcast. I don't hate the main They're broadcast fine.
1: either, but I think
0: I, the interviews are fun. I'd rather
2: have the other one. The, the interviews are fun. McAfee at the end of the game when the game was at hand was awesome. Oh, yeah, he was a goofball. Um, uh, Gronk was great. The fact that he said, not only did he give himself a nickname, but the fact that he said, I don't watch film. Now, he's obviously joking because I'm sure he watches some film. But he's like, I just go to Tom every, every week and say, who's covering me? And what do I have to do? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Probably some truth to that. Yeah, he's. it's like he just plays at his sleep, you know. It's, it's so natural for for Gronk and Brady. Uh, Odell Beckham could play this week. He's available in 7% of leagues, so you could take a look at him with Jarvis Landry out. Carson Wentz sprained both ankles. All right, with Carson Wentz, Andy Dalton, Tyrod Taylor. We all expect them out this week, right?
2: Yes. Tyrod for sure. Um you know, four weeks, I think, was the report that uh, Aaron Wilson had. Um, doesn't seem good for Dalton or, or Wentz. And then two was the one that we got to keep an eye on just with the rib injury and the pain tolerance. And Carr. Carr is not a certainty. Carr is going to play. I mean, uh, yeah. Carr and Mayfield are on the injury report, but I wouldn't anticipate them missing time. Okay.
0: And as far as uh, Andy Dalton goes, the Bears did say he's the starter when healthy. That could obviously change. Funny. Look, if remember what happened with Terod Taylor last year. If Fields goes out and he's Justin Herbert, he's not losing the job. So we'll see. Uh, will Fuller back. He's expected to play this week, which is great. Jarvis Landry has never missed a game due to injury. Is that right? He missed the game. right, yeah. Yeah, COVID last year on the COVID list. I don't think he's ever missed a game due to injury. He will miss a few oh, weeks huh. in all likelihood with the sprained MCL. Deontay Johnson, as Dave mentioned, hurt on the last play of the game. Not going to be a long-term injury. Hopefully back out there this week against the Bengals. Uh, hopefully a shootout. LaVisca Chenault should play this week. Josh Jacobs not looking as good facing Miami. He's, quote, very questionable for week three. Daryl Henderson got good news. Uh, please sit, Daryl Henderson. I'm not going to start you anyway. I don't want you to look bad against the Bucks. Just sit. Uh, but he has a chance to play this week for those who want to pick up Sony Michelle. Trey Sermon has a concussion. Jamichael Hasty has a high ankle sprain. So, so what about on Johnson or Trenton Cannon?
2: Uh, what about Duke Johnson or Lamar Miller or T.J. Yeldon or any other guys that they're bringing in for tryouts <laughs> this week? It's uh, it. I think Elijah Mitchell's going to play. Um, so he'd be the one I think that you lean on. And look, Trey Sermon's in the concussion protocol. We know he can clear that and still be able to go. So, just keep that in mind. But yeah, on might get elevated. Trenton Cannon, somebody if you're in a. Super deep league, you might want to just you know take a flyer on just to see what happens. But uh, wow, it's uh, it's just amazing what's happened to that backfield.
1: Uh, it's, it's not. I, I think it's predictable. Cannon, at this point. They're like stash guys at this point. <laughs> like you need to have deep rosters and empty space. Well, not Mitchell. No, no, no. Obviously yeah. not Mitchell. But I don't know how many leagues he's even still out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I'm see. I see what you're saying. I'm sorry. Right, but I'm talking about like super deep stash. Yeah, yeah. just see what happens. You know, the Niners like to use multiple running backs. I wonder if Kyle Yushchek gets in the mix a little bit. Uh, maybe that's a good call. He uh, got I hurt on too.
2: him a little bit. He got he hurt, hurt a in, laughing in at week you too. on the show yesterday for you laughing at him about
1: carry on, that people might be going after carry on very soon. I know, I know, whatever. <laughs> uh, I like Cannon better than carry on. Okay. Carry on's a perfect fit for San Francisco because he's probably going to get hurt in 10 <laughs> yeah.
0: days. Yeah, no, I texted I made a trade offer to a 49ers fan for I was trying to give him Mitchell and he didn't respond. I said, "Are you going to accept my trade offer or what?" He said, "For a 49ers running back, he'll get hurt within the next week or two." That was on right. Did your other
2: trade offer get accepted, by the way?
0: None of them got accepted. They were fine trade offers, but no they, they didn't not even they, they didn't get rejected. That's what bothers me. Have the decency to hit reject which were any of them sent to me? No, no, it was all a different league. The only league I had Eli I could, Mitchell. Because
1: I have an email filter set up to automatically <laughs> not see any of your trade emails.
0: Oh, I'm getting a taste of my own medicine. In the podcast league, I was offered, I'll tell you in one second, it's a—it's uh, it, an intentional Acer trade. It was meant to provoke. Uh, Zach Ertz is on the reserve COVID list, could still play. Uh, you know, it's not going to be easy, but could play this week. Amari Cooper has bruised ribs. We're going to have to keep an eye on that. Big Eagles-Cowboys game. Eagles are going to be without Brandon Brooks. Your team. Star. Yeah, let's go. fly. Yes, tough week for us, though. No Brandon Brooks. No Brandon Graham. Jeez. Yeah,
1: Graham's out for the year. That's going to be huge for that tough team. week for That's Tough week
0: for us, Jamie.
1: It's tough. <laughs> TJ Watt has a chance to play this week for the Steelers. Oh, I'm thinking we got to send him some gear, Jamie. Send Adam an Eagles and hat. That is, not, an Eagle's uh, that is not happening.
2: I will Why? Not go that far. You're an Eagles fan. Let me, let me ask you this. Uh, your, your son, Andrew, would you rather have him be a Jets fan or an Eagles fan if he's not going to be a Giants Jets,
0: fan? Jets, 100% a Jets fan, 100%.
2: <laughs> uh, as much
0: as like his I, uncle, the heartache he'll be in, uh, enduring. Uh, yeah, so the trade I was offered in the podcast league, you guys let me know if I should take this. I was offered Brandon Cooks and Sterling Shepard yeah, look, I buy them a little bit, right? For uh, Justin Jefferson and AJ Brown. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think you should. I think you should accept that.
2: <gasps> if it was for I one should. of them, that's interesting because it's a fourteen-team league and you need some depth. That's true. Actually, I I don't think I'd do it anyway.
1: I I sure. wouldn't do it either, but it 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 makes more sense. Yeah. I can I can better that deal. I think if you're going to give away Jefferson and and uh, Brown, I I would think that you would be able
0: to better that deal. Yeah. Let's, see. Uh, let's give some names, top three at each position. Jamie, let's start with quarterbacks. Let's say Fields and Cousins are not in the picture, are not in the equation here. Who are the top three to add at quarterback?
2: Uh, for me, it would be uh, Teddy Bridgewater, one, mostly from the one-week scenario because of who they get in week three, which is the Jets. So you don't necessarily need to look long-term with him because after this he gets Baltimore and Pittsburgh, and so we'll see how things go for him after this matchup, but clearly after the first two games and then getting the Jets this week. I like that. Daniel Jones would be second for me. Um, Certainly in leagues with four points for passing touchdowns, you can make a case that he should be first. He's got at least eight fantasy points with his rushing numbers alone in the first two weeks, 27 yards and a touchdown in week one, 95 yards rushing and a touchdown in week two. And he looks better, you know, so we'll see what happens. Then he's doing this without Gallaudet really doing anything. So against Atlanta, that's another great matchup in week three. And then we'll see what happens again with him moving forward. And then number three would be Derek Carr. You just can't ignore the way he's played through – Two tough matchups against Baltimore and Pittsburgh. I know the overtime game against Baltimore, you have to factor that in. But 27 fantasy points each of those two games. And uh, very strong command of the offense right now, which can't run the ball.
0: All right, what did you offer me? Antonio Brown. <laughs> oh, You know what? This isn't terrible. Antonio it's Brown. It's better than the offer you got. I told you I'd beat it. Mark Ingram and Deontay Johnson for Jefferson. That's right. Adrian Ingram's Brown. a sweetener. Yeah, look at that. Well, I got to trade one A Brown for another A Brown. That's a wash. They have the same initials. Yeah. And then I get uh, Deontay Johnson and Mark Ingram for Justin
1: Jefferson. Okay. Just go ahead and hit accept, and we can move on. What's your that.
2: record there? Because you stacked the the draft, so you could be awesome. I'm one and one. I'm one and one. One and one. Yeah. With McCaffrey, Jefferson, and, and Brown. Who would have thought that?
0: <laughs> I do have Hawkinson. Uh, yeah. And we had, Hawkinson. We have a we had a bit of an. I'm pretty happy about Hawkinson. You guys, you must be feeling great about Hawkinson. Like oh. I, I both it. of you ended up lo- really loving him. Jamie, I know you were on him like super
2: early. Yeah, no, it's ex- it's exciting to see that he's the only one that's really of significance for this team. <laughs>
0: yeah. Like we said. And exactly.
2: Let's see. No so, disrespect to Quint- Quintus Eifert, So
0: I don't know if we want to get into this now, but we can. not Derek Carr, I mean, there might be something here because it's they lead the yeah. NFL in pass attempts. Now, they had an overtime game, so maybe they wouldn't be number one, but they'd be close. Uh, he, in his last nine games, going back to 2020... He's averaging 8.45 yards per attempt.
2: You're taking out the game he left as well. I, I no. See.
0: No, that's why I did yards per attempt.
2: Okay. Uh, what do you attempt? Like eight passes though in that five, game? Five. Five. Yeah.
0: But so fine. In his last eight games plus five more passes, 8.45 yards per attempt. That would be that would have been second best in the NFL last year. And even if you just look at his full season, 7.9 yards per attempt last year, that was fifth best. Uh, he just doesn't throw that much, but... If they get anything from their wide receivers, there might be something here. I don't realize. I don't remember how well he finished the season, but uh,
2: twenty-four more fantasy points. Four of his last five, and you throw out the game that he missed when Marcus Mariota took over. It's four in a row, and so now it's six in a row in that regard that he's finished with at least twenty-four more fantasy points. So he's playing great, and you know it's uh it's fun to see, and it, you know it ties into another waiver wire guy, which is Henry Ruggs. Um, you'd like to see one of these guys get going early in the game. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's been total second half performances for rugs, uh, the first two weeks. But the thing that's nice about rugs and which is hopefully a sign of things to come first game in his career with more than five targets. So if he can continue to get more work, you see what the upside could be. Now he's going to clearly be inconsistent. Edwards is going to be inconsistent. Carmis Edwards for a touchdown in that game against Pittsburgh. Uh, uh Renfro no, gives him, he, did.
0: he, he had, a, he had one call back.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. Maybe it was called back. Yeah. He had a touchdown um, call back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you have Renfro who gives you a good, you know, it's a good, you know, if you were to say just how to build a receiving core, Darren Waller is a number one guy. Whatever position okay. you want to put him in, he's the number one guy. You have a speed thread in Ruggs who's going to scare the bejesus out of every defense every week because they have to account for that guy down the field. Edwards is becoming a good receiver, but he's got a ways to go, but he would be your natural two. And then Renfro is a good possession receiver. So as as just you know how it's constructed, it's a good group. You just have to see Ruggs, Edwards, and Renfro step forward a little bit more to help Darren Waller. And that if that happens, which we're seeing it, you know, strong, strong week one for for some guys and strong week two for Ruggs, uh, it could be a, a nice group for for carr, especially they can't run the ball, you know. So this is King that's gonna have to rely on him for sure. Yeah.
1: Sixteen running back runs in week one, 20 running back runs in week two, and they were miserable. They can't do it. They can't run the ball. The offensive line is a concern for pass blocking now as well. Uh, Incognito hasn't played yet this year. Leatherwood, the right tackle, got hurt. Denzel Good, the right guard, got hurt. There's It's a messy offensive line, but they can't run it. So they're going to be forced to throw it a ton, and Carr has been getting good production. And I, I don't know if we made it clear, now. it was Edwards that had the touchdown called back. Yeah, uh, yeah that's last what I meant. Sorry. He's starting, he's, he's starting to look that. like he could be a player too. That's a stat. Yeah, he flashes, right? But Carr's my favorite quarterback to pick up off the waiver wire. If you want to use Bridgewater for one week, I get it. It's the Jets. But um, Carr's got Miami. And I don't know if the Dolphins' pass defense is exactly a shutdown unit. Yeah, Dolphins' defense is still good. Uh,
2: The the score last, like you say, they did that to Josh Allen and the Bills' passing attack. You wouldn't have expected that score to be anything close to what it was. They got so many short fields because they went for it on fourth down so many times. And they gave up the Bills opportunities to just put the ball in the end zone. But they did a great job on Josh Allen.
0: Yeah, and look, he's faced the Ravens and the Steelers. Oh, we'll just finish with this. Just a little bit of an asterisk. He didn't have a lot of fantasy points. I don't think he had 20 in regulation against the Ravens. No. And the Steelers' defense is falling Destimated. apart. Yeah, yep. so yeah, it wasn't as hard of a matchup. But still... Really good signs from Derek Carr. So I guess long-term, Jamie, you had Carr third on your list, Bridgewater, Jones, Carr, but that was not long-term. Long-term, would he be ahead of Bridgewater and and Daniel Jones?
2: I feel more comfortable with him long-term than Bridgewater. Uh, I'm curious, though, about Jones because you get these rushing quarterbacks, man. They're difference makers, and if he's going to continue, we know that he's going to run. We know that he's going to run. And so chasing points most weeks, uh, you know, I think there'll be some higher ceilings for Jones, but a lower floor. You know, so it just depends, I think, on what you need. All right. By the way, like if I, I have to I, start somebody, I'm starting car. If I have to stash somebody, I'm stashing Jones. Okay.
0: Uh, running. I, I didn't give Dave enough credit for, for being in on TJ Hawkinson too. I feel like I kind of uh, misrepresented that. This we all were. We all we like, all yes. And, and so far so good. All right, Dave, who's who cares? Top? That, that was so one month ago. <laughs> top,
1: <laughs> top three running backs. Who would you add? Dave. McKissick is at the top. I'm reluctant with all these guys. Um, McKissick is at the top, especially in PPR. Madison is going to be second just because Cook is beat up right now. We we, we think he's going to play. He should be fine, but that's a lottery ticket. And then Cordero Patterson is third. I don't love it. And if we're going to put – I mean, you only asked me for the top three, so I'll stop there. But there's a couple of other names behind Patterson that we'll get to. Go, 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 go. Well, I mean, if we're going to consider Cordell Patterson, then we might as well consider other bums like Philip Lindsey, Ty Johnson. Gainwell isn't necessarily a bum. He's more of like a third-of-the-time player for Philadelphia who could emerge into a bigger role. So uh, th- there are some running backs out there that have like mild appeal, but no one that's going to help you win your league necessarily, and that's why I'm not nearly as excited to draft running backs or get running backs off the waiver wire. This week. There's
0: also Zach Moss, 61% rostered. Is Devin Singletary has three fumbles in two games? And
2: they Moss, Moss's role is pretty defined. He's gonna be the short yarders guy. And you know, it's only a matter of time before, as we saw last year, he starts to take on more work. So he would be the the third guy, I think, if you're looking at it for this week.
0: And then um Michael Carter, he's with like seventy five ish percent rostered. So he's not available More in a ton than of leagues. 77, 77. All right, but you see if he's available is uh, they were pretty happy with what what he gave them in week two.
1: And right. if you if if you want fake Michael Carter, you can get Ty Johnson. He's 92 percent available, <laughs> and they both played the same amount of snaps.
0: All right, Jamie, who are the real? Well, we already gave some wide receivers. It's Shepard, Moore. Who else?
2: Yeah, I'd put Patrick third. Um, he basically played the same amount of snaps as uh, KJ Hamler, so just keep that in mind. You know, 51 snaps for. Patrick, 49 snaps for Hamler. Uh, but we saw last year Patrick was clearly the, you know, second best receiver for Denver when there was a guy missing. And I still think that's gonna be the case. He didn't have a huge game in week two against Jacksonville, but you know, three catches, uh, 34 yards and 37 yards and a touchdown uh, on four targets. Um, he had one more target than Hamler, but a lot more production. Hamler had one catch for five yards. So I think it's only a matter of time before there's a little bit more separation for those two guys. Hamler will have a big player too, so that might make things a little bit skewed as things go on until Judy's back, but I just feel more comfortable with him, but that's you know the third guy. You can make a case for a lot of different guys. You can make a case for Ruggs. You can make a case for uh, Elijah Moore as a stash candidate. You can make a case for Darnell Mooney, who's you know coming off an eight-target game, Mm -hmm. and now we'll see what happens with Fields. You know, so there's there's a handful of guys that I think you know can jockey for that third spot. Uh, For me, though, I'll just take Patrick based on what I said about him going into last week and what you know happened at least coming out of week two.
0: I just want to mention and get your thoughts on it, Rondell Moore. You did. Say, Jamie, that his snap share went up. He still played fewer than the other three wide receivers. He's played the fewest of the Arizona wide receivers, fewest snaps. I doubt that matters in week two. You know, obviously he's making progress, but just to throw it out there, does that matter
2: to you? Yeah, no. It's, look, it, as we've seen, Christian Kirk in week one, two touchdowns. You know, he had five targets, the same amount as more. AJ Green had six targets. They continue to throw to AJ Green. I think they want to get him going, and he scored in week two also. So, you know, it's, and this is something I think, you know, people need to, realize when we talk about stuff like this, like the 77 yard touchdown was nice. He was standing there wide open. You know I mean? There, there was not a lot that he had to do outside of catch the ball and run fast. And so, um, it's, it's, it's something just to take into account, but you're looking at what the long-term potential could be. And the long-term potential is they want to feature him to whatever degree they're going to feature him in the crowded receiving core that they have. So Hopkins is still clearly the best guy on this team. The second guy is going to probably change on a week to week basis. But I'm hopeful by the middle of the season, as we've seen with rookie wide receivers, which you always tend to note, Adam, is they they tend to grow into roles as the season goes on. So the fact that his snap count did increase from week one to week two shows that they're putting more on his plate, and you just hope that continues to come.
0: All right, Dave, make everyone's skin crawl and tell us the tight ends to add.
1: So let's start with Evan Ingram. He's available in 62% of leagues. It sounds like he's got a chance to play. The Falcons got decimated by Rob Gronkowski in Week 2. Goddard had a touchdown in Week 1. And uh, it's it's just a good matchup for Ingram in Week 3. If you're streaming, he's the guy to gravitate toward. And then after that, it's it's more names you know, but you can't really expect a lot from them. Austin Hooper, 56% available with, uh, with Landry out. And Odell looks like he's going to play, but who knows to how healthy he is. So maybe Hooper picks up a little bit of slack. Jack Doyle had a lot of targets in week two after being invisible in week one. And it's Jacob Easton under center. So they yeah, probably need some guys that are going to be reliable chance. short area targets, but
0: there's zero chance. Anyone's trusting a, someone in the Colts passing game right now. I
1: mean, especially well, Jack Doyle. at tight end. If you can't get your hands on Angram or Hooper and you're streaming, Doyle is going to be the guy you go, ah, what the hell?
0: I, I, I well, it was a say, touchdown for t- what it's
1: worth. Uh, the Wentz interception, which was a stupid flip right. on his
2: part, was right. going to Doyle on, uh, you know, whatever that little stupid play.
0: I know it's just the and easy a- factor, but but why, wouldn't you would you not just go back to Cole Komet or something like that?
2: You I, could, yeah. yeah, I think so. But you know, it's it's again, who's available? What what you've seen? They're they're trying to still figure out this this passing attack. I think. You know, still down Hilton. Last week it was Naeem Hines and Jonathan Taylor doing the heavy lifting. This week it was Michael Pittman and, and Jack Doyle doing the heavy lifting. You know, so it's gonna probably change on a week to week basis. And you know, if you want to trust uh, Zach Pastel, you can trust him too. He's got three touchdowns in two games. So it's a it's a it's a weird receiving core, you know. So you're just trying to if you're in if you're in one of these leagues, like if you went to Juwan Johnson and you're and you're frustrated with the Saints, this isn't this is a potential pivot for you, you know. So, like they've said, it's not great options. Um, I would put Hooper over Ingram just because of health because we just don't know if Ingram's going to be 100% back. And I do think Hooper has a big opportunity in front of him without Landry in there. But those are the top two guys. And I think, again, it's like the receiving court. There's there's a a much different level, though. Uh, This is the – whose third is kind of, you know, take your pick.
1: Well, I was worried that Komet – may have pass blocked more last week, and technically he did, but it was only five passing snaps that he stayed in to block. I wonder if he'll do a little bit more of that this week against Cleveland because of the Browns pass rush. But I also wonder if if Justin Fields just looks downfield and doesn't look for the, the, the short area targets in the tight end as much as maybe Andy Dalton would. And so if Dalton's out this week and it's Justin Fields starting, I, I can't say that I love Cole Komet.
0: I, I know we don't usually think of it like this, but... Does it make sense if you're just so bad at tight end to just take someone on a high scoring offense like Dawson Knox who plays, you know, a ton of snaps, caught a touchdown. I know he's not heavily involved, but touchdown or bust, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. But might as it well is. take a shot on a guy who's on Josh Allen's team rather than Jacob Easton's team,
2: right? Yeah, but I guess if you're saying that though, and and, and this is where I think guys like Knox fall into a, a little bit of a trap because Max Williams had a big game last week, right? That's exactly and you a High right. scoring offense. And, you know, you, you see the target number and then you go, okay, well, Kyler Murray may be starting to look for him a little bit more. That was his best game. Maybe you combine all of his numbers in his career uh, and you put it up against what he did in week two. That's probably the, the same amount of production you're going to get. You know, so you don't want to chase necessarily those type of guys. And, and Knox is better. But, you know, like we have the Cowboys guys. You could say, okay, maybe this is a Jarwin week or a Schultz week. You know, that's going to be a, a typically a good offense. I think the hope would be is that if you're really stuck at tight end, there's probably half of your league that has a second guy on their bench, like a Jared Cook. Um, hmm. I'm trying to think of other guys in that. In Who that had brain. a touchdown called back last week? Right. Uh, you know, maybe somebody has Higby on their bench, Johnny Smith on their bench. You know, that there's still something to like about those guys by comparison to the Doyles and the Dan Arnold's and the Pat Fryermuths of the world, and even the Austin Hoopers and Devin Ingram's of the world. You know, it's like, yeah, Ingram may come back and be great, but. Is he going to be great in the context of who he is, or in the context of the tight end position? You know, yeah. so Hooper may have a big opportunity from him. Is he going to continue to share with Harrison Bryant and and David Njoku, or is he going to step forward without you know Jarvis Landry there? So it's an ugly week at that position. I would say this is a better week to try and approach a trade you know scenario as opposed to necessarily being stuck uh, uh, on the on the waiver wire. You know, Logan Thomas. You know, like I haven't in one league. You know, I'm just ha- happened to be lucky that Rob Gronkowski was available, and I spent a lot of money on him in, in the flex leagues to get him last week. And, uh, but I also have Logan Thomas. I'm more than willing to trade Logan Thomas at this point, you know? So if somebody is stuck and, and wants to make a deal, that's an easy trade, you know, to make for somebody, you know? So Tyler Higby might be, you know, trade, uh, potential. Yeah. Thomas might well, be trade. Potential. How about
0: Andrews and Kittle? You may not have a better time to get Andrews and Kittle than right now.
2: Well, that's, I think Agreed. if you're shooting for more of a blockbuster, cause you're not getting them cheap, no, but I'm talking about not. the guys that you might be able to get cheap.
0: St- you send Sterling Shepard and Brandon cooks for uh George Kittle. Maybe it'll, Maybe it'll work, you know? Yeah, that might get a lot of attention. (laughs) All
2: right,
0: let's let's, uh, finish up here. DSTs, Jamie, who are your top DSTs?
2: Uh, The Panthers by far. You know, 29% roster percentage. They get Houston with Davis Mills. So they've been awesome. And they may be sustainable all season, you know, just based on how that defensive line is getting after things. And uh, the back end is doing a great job with Jeremy Chin. So it's it's a fun unit to watch. Uh, I think you buy into the Raiders' defense, especially if Jacoby Brissett is starting. You know, that pass rush has been fantastic. And um, home game against, you know, Brissett might be good for them. Uh, I'll give the Bears the third option, you know, uh, just in terms of the, the defenses that were rostered. Um, if Mayfield's banged up and no Landry, and we'll see about Beckham, how healthy he is. You know, the Bears, if they get the Browns, some obvious pass rush situations, as we saw last week, you know, they can get a turnover and maybe find the end zone. And then I, I usually don't do th- uh, four, but I put the Titans on the list also just because they're facing potentially Jacob Eason. So we'll see if that defense can turn some things around. And kickers? Kickers, the number one kicker, I think, is Nick Folk. Uh, now that he's going to be the guy for the Patriots, he's been fantastic, and he's available everywhere, 4% roster percentage. Uh, Daniel Carlson's, Carlson's gotten off to a good start, 39% roster percentage for him, taking on the Dolphins. Uh, Matt Gay's at the higher end of things, 62%, but he's done a nice job so far for the Rams, and as we know, the, the Bucks can have a bend but not break defense. And then it's hard to overlook what Graham Gonneau has done as maybe the Giants' best player, <laughs> 14%. It's his roster percentage in the home game against Atlanta.
0: Uh, Dave I'm not sure if you have any IDPs Uh, I know a lot of people were asking me about Nick Vigil because I brought him up a couple weeks ago as a sleeper and he had a pick six look if Anthony Barr is out Nick Vigil is a must have I don't know what happens when Anthony Barr comes back I don't know when Anthony Barr comes back but it's just just something to keep in mind uh, in IDP also Cole Holcomb linebacker for Washington plays like every snap and was okay in week two was good in week one so those are a couple guys to pick up I'm sure there are some more high-end players out there. This is this would be for more for a deeper IDP league. But, um, yeah, there you go. Devondre Campbell for the Packers, I think he's somewhat available and had a big game last night. And uh, they were saying some great things. If you were watching the actual broadcast, instead of the Manic one, they were saying some great things about him.
2: Uh, I'd go back to Kenny Young. I know he uh, got tossed in week two against the Colts, but he had a nice week one with 10 tackles.
0: Yeah. Oh, great. Good call. All right, would you drop these DSTs? The Steelers. Their next two games are the Bengals and the and the Packers. Then they have Denver, then Seattle, and then a bye. Would you drop the Steelers?
2: I wouldn't this week, especially if Watt's going to play against the Bengals. If Watt's out, then you might think about getting away from them. Like I would drop them for the Panthers if that's my choice. I'm not dropping them for the Titans.
0: Would you drop the Washington football team DST at Buffalo, at Atlanta, New Orleans, Kansas City, at Green Bay? That's our next five games.
2: I would do it for the Panthers. I would do it for the Raiders this week. Um, I think if you're hopeful for the the football team's defense, Ron Rivera is now voicing his concerns. There was a report, a story in uh, NBC Sports Washington where uh, Rivera. Not happy, clearly, with the way the defenses look so far, and understandably so.
1: If they get Atlanta in two weeks, that's a, that's a team that's allowed at least 13 points to a DST in each game so far this season. That's a reason to like the Giants' DST this week. I would hang on to Washington.
0: And then the, uh, the, the Rams. The Rams' next three games are Bucks, Cardinals,
1: Seahawks. Keep them? I would. Yeah, you kind of have to but those three teams have combined for one 10 point dst matchup allowed and it was it was Arizona and they allowed a touchdown last week to Vigil right so those those are not great matchups at all but it's a good defense you shouldn't let them go you won't get them back
0: after that, they get the Giants, Lions, and Texans. So that'll be a better stretch. Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> so maybe in all seriousness, you could buy low on them in three weeks. We'll, we'll come back to that. Green Bay 35. or Maybe we won't. Uh, Green Bay 35, Detroit 17. Dave, any major takeaways with, uh, from this one? Aaron Jones is the first Packers running back with three touchdown catches since 1942. And Aaron Rodgers, after a loss, is just ridiculous. According to the AP, he's followed up each of the last five regular season losses by throw five in a row. He's thrown four touchdowns and no interceptions in his next game. So root for root against them <laughs> if you have Aaron Rodgers. Anyway, uh any big takeaways here?
1: No, uh I mean th- there are some takeaways for sure. Those are obviously the two biggest ones. Rodgers looked like his old self again. It was excellent to see after he looked old in week 1 and Aaron Jones was due for uh a bounce back game after barely getting the ball in week 1. This qualifies. Uh Target drain for the running backs in Detroit. Huh? DeAndre Swift only had four catches, um, five targets. Jamal Williams caught all three of his targets, so eight targets combined. That's a little disappointing after they were both so involved in the passing game the week before. Um, it's going to make people you know, second-guess those guys as must-start guys. I think Swift has earned it. Williams, maybe not so much in PPR. And Goff had a decent stat line for fantasy. Uh, We didn't really talk about him as a possible add. Um, Maybe that's somebody that you consider trading for on the dirt, dirt cheap and super flex leagues. If you're struggling at your QB two spot. He could lead the
0: NFL in pass attempts. (laughs) He had 46, he had 36 last night. He had 57 in week one. And yeah, let's talk more about the Detroit running backs here. Deandre Swift had eight carries for 37 yards and he had four catches for 41 yards. So he was
2: decent he in PPR. He looked pretty good, just didn't get the ball. The though. fourth quarter was when he got most of his catches, the, too. The last drive. Mm-hmm.
0: He had scary. three right. he had three catches for 30 yards on the last drive of the game and four catches for 41 yards for the entire game. So that was four of his five targets on the final drive. And I don't know what to make of that. I mean, there's going to be a lot of that this year, you know? Uh, but Jamal Williams started in only 30% of leagues and had 10 touches, just not a good game. I don't know. Yeah, is now the, they get the
1: Ravens. Ravens, the Bears. Swift. I don't know if Minnesota is such a dangerous matchup anymore, but that comes after that.
0: But is DeAndre Swift really a must-start guy?
2: He is in PPR. I mean, you know, you got to take the two-game sample size for what it is. You know, so obviously, great Week One in a similar situation, you know, chasing points, and he was he was fantastic at home. Um, I'm going to guess the Ravens go back to their typical game plan of you know blitzing nonstop, like we didn't see that <laughs> against the Chiefs. <laughs> Yeah. So ball out quick, you know, little scenario. Remember the thing that probably helped golf a little bit with his downfield throws, the Packers pass rush was beaten up the so Darius Smith and playing that game, you know, so a little more opportunities in the pocket for him. So I, and I think with Baltimore and how they get after the quarterback typically could be a little tougher for golf this week. So um, he'll still have volume. I think that'll help the running backs though. So I wouldn't necessarily panic too much after one week, but it was definitely disappointing to see, you know, the, the week one drop off to week two.
0: Any thoughts on selling TJ Hawkinson or just let's enjoy the ride?
2: I mean, anybody's a sell high candidate when they're doing what they're doing like this, you know, you know, on a team like this, but you know, like I'm not trading Hawkinson for pits, but if somebody wants to give me, you know, Kittle or Andrews and another player, you know, not necessarily a superstar, like, you know, Dave's throwing in a Mark Ingram for, you know, I, I know what he's doing. with. with I know I, it was too much. I know, <laughs> but I'm, you know, if, if, if somebody's willing to give you, um, you know, like hey, wait, Kittle hold hold on,
0: hold on. Stop right there. Kittle straight up for Hawkinson.
2: No, I'm keeping Hawkinson. <laughs> I am too. Okay. Yeah, no, me too.
0: Yeah. You know, you hate to overreact, but is seeing you're seeing it. You're seeing exactly what we
1: expected. Um I, I and I wouldn't do Hawkinson straight up for Andrews either. Oh, or Pitts. That,
0: that one I might. I,
2: I think Andrews There's a lot of big games coming for him. Sure, but we're already getting them for Hawkinson. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you. But
1: I'm just saying, like, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily sell Andrew Short. The, the Andrews... Like I said, he's the number one receiver and number one target getter in that offense.
0: Yeah, and Andrews isn't. I mean, this is something we did not I, see last year or the year before, is a third guy. And Sammy Watkins... And eventually
1: Rashad Bateman's going to come back yeah. for... Sorry, Adam, but Bateman's yeah. eventually going to come back for Baltimore. There's going to be more guys in that passing game.
0: By the way, I, I did a Twitter poll earlier. I had forgotten about it until right now. Dave, you inspired it. Because you said Pollard might be better than Zeke, that's all I'm seeing. You know, people keep keep saying that, but the Zeke side hasn't really had a voice. So I just said, who is a better running back? Not for fantasy football, just as an NFL running back, who is better? Mm-hmm. Zeke has 52 percent of the vote. Pollard has 48
1: percent. Mm. I thought Zeke would, in a in a Twitter poll, would run away with it. I, I would think the opposite. Ooh, that's close. <laughs> yeah, I would have thought the opposite just because how Pollard looked.
0: Same. I I would have thought Pollard was going to win. Yeah, uh, people are just down on Zeke. He's, he's, it's like he didn't have a 17 carries and a touchdown in,
2: in week two. It's weird. People. Are I mean, really... Pollard looks like he shot out of a cannon, you know. So he's he's You're running right. a, a lot better. Um, I think some of the play designs for Pollard are a lot better too. Mm-hmm. You know, but so we'll see how that impacts them moving forward. But look, this was uh, this was a, this was a good bounce back game for Zeke, and so hopefully there's just more to come.
0: He's on the field a lot more than Pollard. It's amazing that Pollard yeah. has as many catches as he's had. I feel like the second he gets in the game, they throw to him. <laughs> it's, it's weird. Uh, all
2: right. right, meter, zero to 10. Right, if I were Zeke, I'd take back the luggage that he got back and for his
1: birthday. <laughs> uh,
0: the, all right. It goes zero to 10. 10 is a must drop, zero, no chance. Baker Mayfield. Is that
1: because he's going to be off the team in a year and he needs to pack his stuff? Maybe. it's a good call. <laughs> uh,
0: Baker Mayfield, zero to 10.
1: 10. You can drop him. Tyler Higby. Do not drop zero. him. Zero. Trevor Lawrence. Three. Non-KPR league. Non-Keeper leagues. You league.
0: <laughs> KPR. That's great. Uh, KPR. Naeem Hines.
2: Uh, PPR. He is a two. Non-PPR. He's a ten. Two stinking touches last
1: week. He, he does this all the time, man. Yeah. He's going to do it later this year, too, where he's just going to have a monster game and then the next week it's the old fool Jew <laughs> and you'll uh, be mad that you have him on your team.
0: Marquez Calloway.
1: Drop him. Uh, seven. Rock. He actually looked a little bit better this week than he did. Now now I'm watching Marquez Callaway with my free time.
0: He had twice as many catches this he week. Yeah,
1: he looked a little bit better. And he, he had two there were a couple of times. He got open and Jameis just didn't look his way.
0: Robbie Anderson drop a meter. Zero to ten.
1: Zero. Zero.
0: At Houston this week. At Dallas the next week. Get right. Then Philadelphia, then Minnesota. Good stretch here for the Panthers passing game.
1: Brandon Ayuk. Hold up. Did Darnold make your list, Jamie? Yep. Where is he on it? Cuz we didn't talk about him. Uh, he is
2: behind He's 4th. <laughs> um, he is He's 4th. He's 4th.
1: Yeah, so that that I, he low key be yeah. like could he be the best guy? Like I think Carr is going to be better rest of season. Maybe behind Carr could he be the best one rest of season? I would take Daniel Jones over him by a mile, and I would take Teddy Bridgewater over him
2: right now. I just think you look at Darnold, I don't know if this is his ceiling, but it might be a ceiling, you know, where he's just living in that low 20s range.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'd say it's been a little disappointing, you know, especially against the Jets. They they had a lot of opportunities for more, and he just didn't really do enough. Uh, but, you know, so far he's been startable. Yeah,
1: they corrected that last
0: week. Uh, let's see, we got... for more, anyway. Jacoby Myers, your, did you give a number on IUK?
2: Uh, It's like a three. Yep. I want to give it another week. I just I don't want to give up on him too soon. Jacoby Myers. I don't want to give up on Dante Pettis too soon. (laughs) Uh, Jacoby Uh, Myers is an eight in non-PPR and a three in PPR.
1: Yeah. Johnu Smith. Uh, I think if I needed a tight end and I saw him on the waiver wire, I'd pick him up, so I wouldn't drop him. Zero. Yeah, three at best.
0: All right. Let's get a little bit deeper into the waiver wire here with the options that we have not talked about. At quarterback, the players that are rostered in 75% or more of leagues that might be available are Justin Fields and Kirk Cousins. Just for perspective, where are you going to rank Justin Fields this week at Cleveland?
1: Uh, I think he's 16 for me. It's probably somewhere around that for me, too. Cousins is in my top 12. Yeah, Cousins is in my top 10.
0: And then you can decide short-term versus long-term. Teddy Bridgewater, Derek Carr. Bridgewater's got the Jets this week. Carr gets the Dolphins. Daniel Jones gets Atlanta. Um, and then you've got Sam Darnold and Taylor Heineke at Buffalo. Buffalo's been really good against quarterbacks, but it's been Roethlisberger and Brissett. So Heineke's, you know, an option. I'll give you one more name. What do you think about Matt Ryan this week? You know, he against the Giants. Yeah, Giants, Washington, Jets are his next three games. He's sixty-eight percent rostered. So, I mean, would you drop Matt Ryan for Bridgewater and Carr and Jones and all that, or keep him?
1: I would drop him for Carr and Jones.
2: Um, I would drop Matt Ryan for those guys, yes.
0: Okay. In d- deep superflex leagues, Davis Mills, Jacoby Brissett, Jacob Eason. Who's your favorite? All three of them might be available. Probably are. So who's your favorite out of Davis Mills, Brissett, and Jacob Eason?
2: Mills, just because he's going to have probably the most long-term opportunity to play. Uh, and he didn't look bad. After he got settled a little bit, you know, the start of the game was ugly. But, you know, now um, now he uh, hopefully will, you know, he may look. <laughs> We've seen this with Tyrod before, clearly much more high profile guys. But, you know, a rookie comes in and takes over for him. Almost every opportunity he gets as a starter since leaving Buffalo happened in Cleveland, happened with the Chargers. Uh, those were top 10 <laughs> yeah. overall picks. Davis Mills, not the same thing. But, you know, who knows? The Texans may decide that Davis Mills is their guy. Uh
0: should. should. Question here. I think, was Nathan Peterman a rookie when he took over? Or was that the second? Yeah, year? I think he was. I don't remember which, which year that was for him. <laughs> when he had through like four interceptions and a half. Uh, that was in his second season. He pulled the Zach Wilson. That was in his second season. Okay. Anyway, quick detour there. All right. And uh, yeah, Deshaun Watson's 24% roster. Do you think there's a reason to pick him up? They said they're not going to activate him this week, but they didn't rule it out originally, so...
2: I think the only reason you should be rostering Deshaun Watson is not to do with the Texans. It has probably more to do with the Dolphins because if Tua's is hurt and they decide that that's a trade they want to explore because they seem like the most likely trade partner, then maybe you go that route.
0: Okay, let's go to uh, the running backs. you got to have a really
2: deep roster at this point to carry Deshaun Watson.
0: Go to the running backs here. Uh, James White, Michael Carter, Sony Michelle. We haven't really talked much about him, but... Not, it's not just that Daryl Henderson is hurt now. It's that Daryl Henderson is, is frequently hurt. So Sony Michelle's 71% roster, and he's not super available. And yeah, so I, I was Howard.
2: surprised that people gave up on him because when I looked at it last week, he was in the 90s, you know, because, you know, you had the storyline and, and people telling you that he might be the best Rams running back, but that's, I don't think it'd be the case unless Henderson is going to significantly miss time. The thing you got to look at is how much are they going to maybe share? Because through, you know, a week and a half, it was all Daryl Henderson for the most part in terms of workload. So, you know, it's like you said, Adam, if you're in the Daryl Henderson camp, you want to see Sony Michelle bang his head into Vita a 100 times and struggle. And then Henderson gets healthy and he's back as the lead guy. But Michelle, look, 4.6 yards per carry last week. Uh, you know, we'll see if the, the fluky involvement in the preseason game for the Patriots is something that the Rams use because we saw Henderson get an uptick in passing production this week against the Colts or last week against the Colts. So I think Michelle is is obviously worth adding where available because we don't know how long Henderson might be out if he's going to miss time at all. But he clearly is the number two guy there. You know, I don't know what they're going to do with Jake Funk as the third guy, but very clearly right now they're leaning on one running back and and that could be Michelle. Could have been Cam Akers.
0: Uh the guys to add JD McKissick, Cordero Patterson, Alexander Madison. Uh, you're sitting there, you're looking at Patterson and Madison. So you don't need to start a running back. Who do you you know, who do you pick up?
2: I think it probably depends on your backfield situation because there's clearly a, a chance that Patterson is going to help you sooner. But lottery ticket appeal is clearly Madison. Because Mike Davis yeah. goes down. Yeah. I don't think they're turning to Wayne Gallman at this point. It seems like they're turning to Patterson.
1: Uh, I have it, a hard time loving a 30-year-old totally great receiver. Yeah. It's nuts. Give me Madison.
0: Kenny Gainwell is uh, 59% of avail- is rostered. Sorry. Daryl Williams had a rushing touchdown. He might get some of those this year.
2: Yeah. The thing, the thing I, the reason I put him there is because if, if they continue to get frustrated or if they start to get frustrated with Edwards, I don't think they've gotten frustrated at least publicly yet. Um, you had a bad game on top of a fumble, you know? And so do they start to go maybe a little bit more in the direction of the guy who helped them in two key playoff games last year? And that was Williams, you know, when Edwards, Edward was hurt and Le'Veon Bell stunk. You know, that Williams carried them in the two games against the Browns and the Bills. You know, so we'll see if that's maybe something you just want to take a a, a stash opportunity on if you have an open roster spot.
1: Would you stash McKinnon
2: in a PPR league? They just haven't used him to the same degree, but maybe, true. you know, I mean, my guess is it's going to be a committee, you know, but I think more of the, more of the rushing opportunities and certainly more of the goal line opportunities will go to Williams because they've shown you that already whenever it's later right. playing.
1: Sure. I get that. Other running backs it's already been a committee, Dave? by
0: the way. Uh other running backs to consider just the same vein as uh as Madison but with less upside. Samaje Piran. I mean just Joe Mixon gets so much work and he's he's got an injury history and it's 17 game season. Just think about if Mixon gets hurt Piran's going to be the number one player added on waivers so.
1: Mm, but I think Chris Evans would get in the mix there. I don't think it would be all P. Ryan all the time.
0: All right. Zach Moss, 61%. Nobody's really adding Peyton Barber, but, you know. Not even you? (laughs) Ty Johnson is 8%. Okay, wide receivers. You can see if Marvin Jones, who's had two big games in a row, or Marquise Brown, who's had two big games in a row, are available. They're rostered in more than 80% of leagues. What do we think about Michael Pittman? Is he a a must-add guy? 66% rostered.
2: I think he's in the I'd put him behind Shepard and behind Rondell Moore, just in terms of what his you know, the team that he plays for now, the quarterback situation being what it is. But, you know, you you have the you had the game you were hoping for with T.Y. Hilton out, you know, and so twelve targets, eight catches, you know, looked like the guy that we were saying, oh, could be a big winner without Hilton there. But, you know, that's uh that might be his best game of the season, you know, depending on
1: how Jacob Eason looks and then when TY Hilton does come back. How often is he going to have twelve targets? Because he's he's a volume needy receiver. He's not a big yak guy, unless there's broken coverage. Yeah, I, I mean, look, he really it really did not have gain lot many yards after the catch, even this past game.
0: They got a terrible receiving core. He should have targets. He did it in week one, but he certainly did against the Rams. Uh, okay, so would you uh, would you rather have? Uh, Oh man, struggling here with because you know Sterling Shepard obviously Christian McCaffrey or Michael Pittman, give me Pittman. yeah, yeah, I guess so. Pitt, really, ah, McCaffrey can't no. score, not
2: really. Oh no, he didn't Well, score. I think oh, if you're choosing score. between Pittman, Shepard, and and Pittman, Shepard Moore, and Patrick. Yeah, where is he? I mean, like I said, for me, he's third. You know, mm-hmm. I, I would take what the upside of Rondell Moore could be over Pittman at this point, and Shepard has obviously proved himself to be you know a, a legit player.
0: All right, quick thoughts, guys. I'm going to wrap up the show here. Uh, Darnell Mooney, uh, I think we talk, he plays all the time. He's tied with Allen Robinson in targets. So, so Darnell Mooney, Henry Ruggs, Elijah Moore, KJ Osborne, Quintez Cephas. Is there one that really stands out in that group? Mooney, Ruggs, Elijah Moore, KJ Osborne, and Quintez Cephas.
1: They all do in a, in their own way, but Mooney's the one I like the best. Thirteen targets or fifteen targets in two games. That's tied with Allen Robinson. And one of the reasons why I liked Mooney was because I think he's got some upside with Fields at quarterback. And we could be looking at Fields starting for the Bears in week three and his numbers were good in the game that Fields played the majority of the time in this past week. Dave said it best. It depends on, you know, I think,
2: what you're looking for. If I have, like in your case, Adam, for example, I know it's a two-receiver league in, in our podcast league, but if I have Jefferson and Brown and I'm deciding between Mooney, who's got a clearly a, a much safer floor, or Ruggs, who can win me a week, there's probably going to be a lot of times where I'm playing rugs over Mooney because you know he's going to have these blow-up games that Mooney's just not capable of in this offense. Okay. And then a tight end? And don't give up on Elijah Moore. Look, he's, he's just, Zach Wilson's just missing him barely every game. Certainly last week against the Patriots. I mean, his air yards, I don't know what, exactly what the number is, but it has to be uh, high up there for week two. He just can't connect with them right now. And you have Denver this week, so it's not exactly going to be pretty. But then I think it's Atlanta and that, Tennessee. You add him after back. this week. Uh, I would add him now because you're going to. he has one big play and you're going to miss out on.
1: Okay. Could get Crowder back this week. Don't know how much. He had 113 air teams. yards. That was 16th highest. That's, that's pretty, pretty good. And in that team. Yeah, that did not include the Monday night game. Okay,
0: uh, let's go to the tight ends here. Robert Tunney.
2: Deeper leagues, though, two guys. First off, well, three guys. Osborne and Cephas. You know, Osborne in this offense with how much they're throwing uh, looks fantastic, 16 targets or 15 targets in the first two weeks. And then Cephas, as long as Tyrell Williams is out, he scored now in each of the first two games. So he looks like their potential number two receiver, not taking into account the running backs. Uh, And then you mentioned Crowder. If Crowder's not out, Braxton Berrios has been just the go-to guy for Zach Wilson, you know, just the cheap PPR option if you're stuck. He's doing what I thought Moore was going to do.
0: Well Crowder though I mean that's the thing once Crowder comes back out right
2: know. but that's what I'm saying if if, yeah. if Crowder's out another week and right. as we know Crowder misses time Barrios could be uh, a, a cheap PPR guy you can lean on
0: tight ends to know Tunyon, Cook and Janu might be available in your leagues they're 73 to 80 percent rostered if they're not Austin Hooper with Landry out why are we sure it's Hooper over in
2: uh Well, Njoku's target share went down in week two. So, you know, I think Hooper's a safe guy. Hooper had it could three be Harris week and targets. Bryant. You know, they're going to use all
1: three.
0: Oh, no, I'm sorry. Hooper had three targets in week one. What did he have in... Uh,
1: I think they had about three or four. each. He had five targets, five catches, 40 yards. Okay. Uh, Evan was nine Ingram. nine points in PPR.
0: Evan Ingram gets Atlanta. Jack Doyle. Uh,
1: yeah, Pat Fryermuth. Yeah. Ugh. Fryermuth is the stash. He had more playing time than Ebron last week. Both weeks. Yeah.
0: Dan Arnold had a good game for Arizona, uh, for Carolina. Yep. Max Williams for Arizona.
2: And the Texans have struggled against tight ends. Week one, it was James O'Shaughnessy and, and Manhurt scoring a touchdown. Last week, it was the three tight ends combining for the Broncos. So, you know, Arnold maybe yep. is something. For you, Adam, finally. Finally. He I know.
0: Yeah, a week too late. Um, right, Cole Komet. Arnold
2: Komet's- to the Arnold.
0: So, so would you take Hooper, Ingram, and Doyle over Cole Komet facing Cleveland?
2: Um, uh, I, would, I would take Ingram. I, if yeah, he's I healthy, I would take Cooper. Ingram, and I would take Cooper.
0: The Eagles have been great against Pitts and Kittle so far, but if Amari Cooper's out, maybe we start looking at Schultz or Jarwin. Do you have a preference there between the two of them if Cooper were out?
2: Jarwin, but not by much. They're they're basically playing equally through two weeks. All
0: right. And then DSTs, Panthers, Raiders, uh, Bears, Titans... And, yeah, I don't know if there's another one we wanted to give. Um, Arizona at Jacksonville, they're 68% rostered. Do you still believe in Cleveland against Chicago?
2: Yeah. I mean, they're a wild card because of, you know, what fields may or may not do, but he's still a rookie quarterback, you know, making his first official start. At least that's what we expect.
1: They were a letdown, though. Houston's one of eight teams that hasn't allowed an eight or more DST score against them yet this year. Mm-hmm. Interesting.
0: Well, yeah, but that'll change.
1: I think Carolina's defense changes that this week.
0: All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. The kickers that Jamie gave earlier, Nick Folk, Daniel Carson, Matt Gay, and he called Graham Gano the best player on the Giants, which was, as an Eagles fan, I really enjoyed hearing that. We will talk to you tomorrow with some buy low, sell high here on Fantasy Football Today. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will talk to you on Wednesday.